You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. I'm back for another scintillating week of Blue Jays talk. And we're going to start on Monday. We're we're going to have a, a few discussions about a couple of bats who did very well in the past series against the Angels. Uh, Blue Jays earned a split against Los Angeles, which is better than I expected. If you listen to the Thursday podcast where we previewed it, however, that just just know Felix Pena did not figure into that prediction. So if I had known that he was going to be if if I had known that the Angels were going to resort to using Deck McGuire and Hansel Robles against the Blue Jays, I probably would have revised that a little bit. But yeah, the Blue Jays, after a couple rough games to start the series. It's especially that 2-1 game on Friday that Marco Estrada did not deserve to lose in the slightest. After that, they they bounced back. The Blue, the Blue Jays fought through it and delivered a pair of wins. Didn't exactly go to the right pitchers who deserved it. And I, let's talk about that brief briefly first. Let's let's talk about yesterday's one from a from a pitching standpoint. That eighth inning against the Angels where Axford and Loop were out there and just getting absolutely nothing from the infield, that was harsh. I I don't I don't even know if they really deserve to be unearned runs, but they they were and Ryan DePera got called for the blown save on it for giving up the double to Martin Maldonado, which that's that's this is why you can't use pitchers wins and losses or or blown saves or anything like that to really determine their value because Ryan DeBerra definitely was not the worst pitcher in that inning. But no, yesterday it obscured a another scoreless performance. I that's that's how we have to describe it for Joe Biagini who came in on the heels of Sam Cavillo and, and did all right and not, he he got most of his pitches in for strikes, which again, this is the big thing we've been looking for with Joe Biagini. And 10 of 16 is good. That's that's a step forward. Gave up three hits, which is annoying. But the fact that he was able to bear down and and get the outs he needed in that inning was was huge for him. Like after that double that that Calhoun hit, it it looked tough for Joe Biagini, but he was he was able to not let the adversity overcome him in that instance and he was able to get the pop out that he needed and that's huge for Eugene going forward if he's going to stay with Toronto he needs outings like that where he he does face a little bit of adversity but gets out of it and i'm glad John Gibbons stuck with him and let him pitch through it and i'm glad Joe Eugene was able to come up with the out he needed for that but Obviously, I'm delaying because the bigger pitching story to come out of this series for the Blue Jays, uh, aside from Aaron Sanchez and Jaime Garcia both hitting the disabled list, which 
you know, two for the price of one to get one back. Let's talk about Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman pitched Saturday night. He pitched five shutout innings. First shutout appearance for Marcus Stroman this season. Went went a solid five. Five's about his average, but this is the first time he did not give up a run. And it looked so good to see that that old, that vintage Marcus Stroman on the mound doing everything we're used to seeing from him. He was getting ground balls. He was doing doing his his thing where he messes with the batter's timing. He was strutting. He was feeling it. He felt so good on the mound. And it's such a stark contrast to what we saw from him in April and May when he was out there and, and just looked like he was unsure of himself. And he... He, he didn't show any fear, which is a big thing. That that strikeout he had in the bottom of the first against Mike Trout, just three pitches and done to Trout, that really helped set the tone, especially considering the leadoff batter David Fletcher got on board. You have Trout coming up, and like you don't want to give up a home run to him. You don't want to find yourself a 2-0 hole early. And Stroman got him. Upton, Justin Upton was a thorn in the Blue Jays' side all series. That he was going to do things, but then again, bouncing right back, getting Luis Valbuena, who's been dominating his former club this series, get, getting him swinging, and again, not not compounding the damage. That was a big problem with Stroman in his first few starts this season. He would he would give up a, a seeing eye single, or he would give up a walk, and he just could not stem the tide. He would compound the damage. And to to be able to see him get enough behind his stuff to prevent that from happening, to to get the ground balls that he needed, to to get a strikeout when he wanted. He's again, he struck out Trout twice in that game. So it was huge to be to be able to see Marcus Stroman go out there and look like Marcus Stroman again. Cause I think some fans had forgotten what it was like to see Marcus Stroman on the mound when he's on his game. Cause it, it was seen maybe once this season to start against Minnesota. So this is a huge plus for for a blue Jays team that now has an issue in its rotation down two starters. Fans will argue what being down Jaime Garcia really means to the club. But losing Aaron Sanchez with a finger issue, it could be damaging both physically and mentally for him. So in addition to potentially trading Happ and Estrada, they need, the Blue Jays need an ace they can throw out there and feel good about. And if Marcus Stroman can continue this comeback, he was limited to about 80 pitches on Saturday since he's just getting back off the DL. But if Stroman can build himself back up to where he is that ace again, that'll serve the Blue Jays so much better moving forward as they start to look towards a trade deadline and, and moving Hap and, and Estrada. They're not moving Garcia. Let's not get that twisted at all. Jaime Garcia is staying put. No one wants him. But again, it was just so moving to be able to see Marcus Stroman pitch like himself again. And it was kind of contagious for for the bats in this series. And we're going to talk about the bats right after this. Okay, so Stroman wasn't the only notable returnee for the Blue Jays this series. 
on Friday, we got the news that Steve Pierce was officially going to be activated and would be back in the lineup, much to the joys of specific members of the Blue Jays fandom. And Steve Pierce was an instant jolt to the Blue Jays offense. It didn't work out very well on Friday against Marco Estrada, but it wasn't any fault of Steve Pierce. He had a three for four day and just... Justin Smoke and Yanhervis Solarte could not do anything behind him. Smoke's three strikeouts that day were were brutal. So coming forward off of that though, with with Pierce getting the day off the next day, and you know, with good reason, again, with these guys you don't want to rush them too much coming back. But Pierce coming off the bench to replace Curtis Granderson at DH and then hitting that home run in the top of the ninth. You you didn't think that was going to come from anyone else. Teoscar, Te like he had a solo shot in the third, but that's been rare for Teoscar, so you didn't think he was going to do it. Solarte was having a bad series. You didn't think he was going to do it. Steve Pierce stepping in there and, again, reminding people what he could do and, and provide that power against Wright was, was huge. So it it's great to see for Steve Pierce. He's a he's a plugger, he's a grinder who's who's had to grit for everything he's gotten at MOB level. So to see him come back feeling no pain from the oblique and being able to swing fully and to, and deliver those kinds of hits that the Blue Jays have been sorely lacking while Pierce was on the DL throughout May and June. To, to be able to see that happen, it, it restored your faith a bit in the Angels. And that that's probably why I was feeling confident on Sunday when heading into extra innings. Gibby pulls a lead Miss Diaz, he, who had a good day. He was two for four, scored three runs. He's having a good day, but he pulls a lead Miss Diaz and sends up Kendris Morales, which if you did that in May, the entire fan base would riot. But given Kendris's turnaround lately, I was I was excited. I was excited to see Kendris come up. I'm like, Kendris has been hitting this ball. He's been sitting well. He's he's gonna do something here. He's going to he's gonna lead this Blue Jays to victory. And sure enough, Kendris comes up and just charges a ball into the right center field bleachers. And there was there was that that rewarding of faith. For the first time in like forever, that you know, it's why you're a sports fan to see Kendris Morales chug around the bases and make very certain that he did not break his ankle again. So it it was great. It I I wonder though what the Blue Jays can do with these performances from guys like Pierce and Morales. We've already talked about. Pierce is being premium trade bait for the Blue Jays this offseason. And I I want to throw out a tweet from for from a friend of the show, Stephen Brown. I'll I'll call him a friend. I I don't I don't dislike Stephen. But he, he provides some good things. So what he does is he proposes that J-Hap get traded to the Yankees, which, okay. And then Toronto turns around and trades Steve Pierce to the Red Sox because Pierce has success against Hap in his career, which, 
you you could probably get a decent return for, from the Red Sox, who would like to add another bat off the bench to replace Hanley Ramirez, who Hanley Ramirez may have other issues to deal with right now, other than trying to, you know, get onto the field. But the other the other facet is with Ramirez's issues coming to light. And with Kendris being on a hot streak, does this mean Kendris is now in play to be traded? I still don't think it is, but if he continues to hit like this and and you are a contending team that's that's looking for the even if you're a national league team and you're you're not gonna be expecting to play Kendris on in the field. Just having a bat like that come off the bench who's shown he's he's going to be ready to hit and hit hard when he's coming off the bench, the way he's feeling it like that. It makes you wonder if the Blue Jays can't get something for him and and maybe free that up and maybe avoid DFAing him. I I don't think so. And if if he does, it's not going to be a deadline deal. It's going to be one of those trade in August because no one's going to claim Kendris Morales on waivers. But it just opens up other avenues for the Blue Jays as they come into the summer months, as they come into July and start looking at what they can get for their players. Now... Now, will this be a different Blue Jays lineup without Kendris Morales? Absolutely. It it won't be too different because Josh Donaldson should be coming back and he would be able to play in that DH spot and and take the Steve Pierce at-bats if he's traded. It, it just, again, it gives the Blue Jays more options on what they can do with their bats. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward into a... Hey, a brutal three-game series on the road with the Astros where they get to face Justin Verlander, Charlie Morton, and Dallas Keuchel. Keuchel not pitching as well as he used to, but those first two are going to be difficult. That's Hey, good luck, Ryan Barucki, in your debut. And we will have someone on the podcast tomorrow to talk about Ryan Barucki and what exactly he can expect we can expect from him in his first start as a member of the Blue Jays. I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. I I've been pumping the tires on Baruki for a bit, wanting him to come up and kind of replace Jaime Garcia or one of these other starters, and now he finally gets his chance. So I'm I'm here for Ryan Baruki, Toronto Blue Jay, and I'll be looking forward to that tomorrow. With as we end a a brief Monday Musings edition of Locked On Blue Jays. I I know it's shorter than usual, but I I'm I'm looking forward with this team. It's a it's a tough series with the Astros coming up, and we'll see how they do. So you can follow me on Twitter at neoac18. That's neoac18. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Jays, and check out the fine writing at jaysfromthecouch.com. Um, other than that, I will be back with you tomorrow. Hopefully, barring any unforeseen circumstances. So for everyone here at Lockdown Blue Jays, my name is Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.